Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. I'm your host, Clint Davis. I'm a marriage and family therapist and licensed professional counselor trained in trauma and addiction. The Asking Why podcast is for anyone on a journey of healing and restoration. If you are searching for answers to life's questions and want to learn more about root causes from a psychological and theological mix, this show is for you. In this podcast, myself and a co-host from Clint Davis Counseling and Integrative Wellness will interview guests on a wide range of topics in order to get down to the heart of the problems facing our world and understand why things happen and how to change the world and ourselves for the better. Want to learn more tips and tricks to living a healthy lifestyle? Visit us at Clint Davis Counseling and Integrative Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to meet our staff or book a speaker, go to clintdaviscounseling.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe today. Okay, what's up? How are you? Good. Asking Why Podcast, Episode 9. Glad to have you guys. So tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. We'll start with you, Uriah, because okay. Mike's so, really the guest. I'm, just, I'm Uriah, yeah. and uh, I work here with Clint. And a um, uh, little little known fact, I'm, I'm actually Clint's instructor in jiu-jitsu, his main instructor. And uh, he owes everything to me, all of his skills and everything uh, to me. But I'm on staff here as a licensed pastoral counselor. I've been here since uh, February, and uh, it's going going well. Loving it. Yeah. And what did you do before? I was a pastor. I was in full-time ministry. Did that for 20 years, everything from children's ministry, youth, college, church planting, senior pastor, everything in between. Yeah. And you... We're here to talk about jujitsu today. So, yes. how long have you been yes. training? I've been training for four years. I started, um, yeah, what, well, four years ago. I actually started a little bit before that and had an injury and took a week off that turned into eight years and then finally got back into it. And uh, that's when I met you, actually, yeah. and invited you to come and uh, started teaching you everything. And uh, <laughs> here we are. And then you invited me to come and work for you. So, you were such a good jujitsu instructor. I figured <laughs> that's right. So actually, Mike's going to be hiring me to come and work for him. So yeah. I'm going to be leaving you. So okay, that's fine. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please get out of here. All right, and you? Uh, my name is Mike Braswell. Uh, I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu first degree black belt. I've uh, been training Jiu-Jitsu for 20 years. I've been doing martial arts for 21, um, and it's basically all I've ever done. Everything from college through uh, any job I've ever had has been centered around martial arts and Jiu-Jitsu since I was 14 years old. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And so what's your place here in Shreveport? So uh, we own Bozier Jiu-Jitsu. We also have a, a location in Logansport, Joaquim area. And we also have a, a brand new location in Marshall, Texas. Awesome. And um, we've been at our current location on Ben Road for eight years, but we're going to get a beginning, a bigger facility, nicer. I'm even thinking about getting little massage chairs. And I don't know if I want to do that or not. It just sounds great. But um, Uriah sure. would appreciate Uriah that. Uriah would appreciate yes. that. And uh, he can but give no. them a side. I'll invest. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but no, I, I love what I do. I love my people. Um, every single one of my students, without without sounding weird, like jujitsu, you get so close to every single single person that comes in. So you you become a family. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure, especially as the instructor. Yeah. So it's like without like it's not the same thing, but it's like I got a whole bunch of you know little family members, like a bunch of my kids, for lack of a better better analogy and yeah, just for sure. care about every single one of them it's awesome man so what what tell us a little bit about kind of what bjj is like so brazilian jiu-jitsu um it's different than other martial arts in that the it's not about speed those you know obviously in, in competition things things are different but 
the the general premise of it is to use leverage and strategy and technique for somebody who is not as athletically gifted, for somebody who's not as big and strong and powerful, um, to be able to use these things at their advantage to give them an opportunity to defend themselves against a larger opponent. Right. And basically what you do is you use your bone structure and you use the, the earth itself um, to defend yourself. And I, and I say it like this, I have a hard time teaching somebody who's 115 pounds to punch somebody in the face hard enough to knock them out. Not saying it can't happen, I just have a hard time doing it. Mm-hmm. But I can, I can teach you to use your bone structure and to use leverage and to use uh, the ground to your advantage to keep you from getting hurt. Right. So uh, where did that come from? Like where did that idea of jujitsu or using your bone structure leverage? So the, 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 uh, the origin story of jujitsu, um, I guess you might say the myth. I don't know if this is exactly what happened. Sure. But there's a at gentleman. At, yeah, at this point, it's been a long time. So there's a gentleman sitting below a tree, and he, and he sees the oak tree strong, right? The oak's very strong. And then he's watching the snow pile up on the oak tree, and it was so strong, but then eventually the limb breaks, right? But he's sitting under a willow tree, and the willow's kind of weak. But as the willow is, is, uh, gets the weight on it from the snow, it falls down, the snow falls off, and the willow goes back to normal. Mm. So that's kind of like the idea is, is traditionally, you know. But obviously it comes from Japan. And um, uh, Count Como, Maeda, uh, came over to Brazil. A couple of different, you know, stories as to why he was there. Um, but, um, you know, uh, Carlos and Elio's dad, Gustavo Gracie, was a diplomat. And they met somehow. Some people say it was at a circus. Some people say it was him starting a uh, Japanese colony in Brazil. And Gustav helped him do that in exchange. He taught the elements of judo to Carlos. Um, but uh, the long story short of it is uh, Elio's watching his brother do it. One day a student of Carlos's shows up and Elio teaches it. And the student liked the way Elio taught so much that he wanted him to teach it. But Elio not being the the athlete, the, the you know, the strong person that he was, he had to adapt jujitsu to make it work for him. Right. So Elio Gracie, he's a smaller guy. Very small. Yeah. Very sickly too, right? Yeah. But he you know, you can go back and see all the he never backed down from a challenge and he was using the the, the fundamentals of jujitsu for it to work. Right. Yeah, so one of the things that I love about it is that is like little guys like Uriah can right. use it for their advantage. <laughs> right. And use it well. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm, but I'm a blue belt, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So, so seriously, like the reality is, is like women can use it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and by the way, the, just for those who, who don't know, both the guys here are blue belts and they're both very, very good at jiu-jitsu. So while we're picking, they are they are very good at jiu-jitsu and I'm glad to for them to be a part of our journey. Thank so, you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Um, okay, so how did you get into jujitsu and like why? Tell us that story. Uh, do you want the whole story? Yeah, let's do it. We got okay. this is an hour and forty five minute podcast. We got the whole time. Man, this is this is really funny. So, um, long story short, you remember Y two K? Oh yeah. So my my parents kind of thought that was going to happen, so they kind of started making preparations for it. And I was homeschooled, so my I, I would I was basically that makes a lot of sense. No? Yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> says that, right? They're like, "Oh, you were homeschooled." Oh, okay, makes I'm sense. Sorry, homeschoolers. Yeah, no. and uh, obviously we're not social. Yeah, right. we. we um, so, um, uh, my dad, we were building all this stuff, and it was intense manual labor, like getting up at five in the morning, and dad, you know, hey, get up and go to work, and so. 
um, a buddy of mine invited me to a taekwondo class, and um, I loved it. It was fun, but it also got me to go home at you know three o'clock in the afternoon so I can get showered and get ready for class. As opposed to going home at five thirty, so I used it to, as a as a method to uh, of an uh, of an escape of <laughs> physical labor. And then why I started jujitsu itself, that was taekwondo, and I fell in love with it. I just I loved it. I started when I was uh, fourteen years old. The uh, the white belt class was like at four forty five, and then the yellow belt class was at five thirty. And so I would, when I got my yellow belt, I would still show up at four forty five just to get extra reps in. Can you explain uh, belt structure a little bit? So when you talk about yeah. white, like from so for kids taekwondo, and, yeah. taekwondo that's a that's a pretty quick rank. That's like four to six months of training, depending on the on the type. Like not every martial art does the same. For this particular one, I'd been training about four to six months to get my yellow belt. Uh, Jiu-jitsu, for the kids, it goes, we use white, gray, yellow, orange, and green, and different sublets of each one. Um, and we have a card system where the, the we make our kids train 125 hours and no X number of, of techniques before they can advance to the next rank. Okay. So, so they bring their card in every session. They bring their card in every session. And now, just because you do the card doesn't mean you're going to get promoted. You right. have to do the card. You have to be a good partner. And you have to um, know the techniques that are on your thing. For the adults, it goes white, blue, purple, brown, and black. Each one takes between two to three years, just depending on how often you're training, um, your knowledge level. Uh, I'm real big on how good a partner you are and how you know good an asset you are to the academy. And... Um, which I won't hold that against you, Ryan. Right. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, they're they're great, and um, and and then I usually so usually two to two two to three years, from white to blue, blue to purple, um, or purple to brown, and then sometimes you know three and a half to five years to black, just depending right. on a lot of different things. Of course, it took me five years to get my blue belt. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. yeah, I spent I spent five years as a white belt, but we were it was a different time. Um, one of my dear friends, who's a who's a great guy, is a guy named Danny Dring, Master Danny Dring. He's in Little Rock. He's one of the first American black belts. He's a fantastic instructor, and uh, he was one of the few black belts around. So we were driving to Little Rock, and we were driving to Memphis, and we were driving to Baton Rouge, going to train with him and a guy named Matt Hamilton. And y'all may know Raleigh Delgado. Um, mm-hmm. He was in the UFC, and those are great guys. And that's kind of that was my first official. Um, and actually, the guy I took my first class with uh, was in uh, August of 2000. Took my first jiu-jitsu class in August of 2000 here in Shreveport at a taekwondo camp, and a couple of blue belts came over and taught some jiu-jitsu, and I fell in love with jiu-jitsu right there. Yeah, so, so bring us back. So 14, you started taekwondo. Yes, sir. Okay, so walk us through that a little bit. So we moved from North Arkansas down to Monroe. I kept training. The instructor I was with was a guy named John Drew. Um, and uh, I owe him a lot because he believed in cross training and training jujitsu and ah. kickboxing, and so he would bring people in. And uh, so I started doing seminars and stuff like that in August of 2000, training at, at taekwondo training camps. Uh, they would bring jujitsu guys in, and then I started going and finding jujitsu people gotcha. to train with. And then um, then a guy named John Blunchy, who's a very good black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's under Kron now. Right. Uh, he was a, uh, uh, originally under Pedro Sauer, and now he's under Kron. He's fantastic. Yeah, and me and Uri were under him for a while. Yeah, was under he's fantastic Brian jiu-jitsu Andrews. guy. And I met him in... Uh, Shout out to Gator Pitt. Yeah, great. I've trained with Brian for years. He's fantastic. Really technical, a really good guy. And um, anyway, I started training with John in 2003, 
And then there was a little period in time at the Taekwondo school that we hosted a guy named Galerami Maya, who was a black belt under De La Hiva. We trained oh, with wow. him for about a year. And then he moved back, and that was some brutal classes. You'd run for an hour, do push-ups. He'd show you one move, and then you train for an hour. And mm. you just, you'd drill one move for like 30 minutes, and it was, you know. Uh, and then I trained with John for a very long time, moved over here. Uh, John was under Alan Hopkins, and then um, I was under Alan Hopkins for a long time, another fantastic Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. Mm -hmm. We did seminars with Hopkins mm -hmm. and good stuff. He's a, he's a genius. He really is. Mm -hmm. he's, he's fantastic. Um, and now I'm glad to be under the Pedro Sauer Association, which my entire family tree is under the Pedro Sauer Jiu-Jitsu Association. And he's a, uh, Master Sauer is a, um, he is a great human being. And he's a fantastic Jiu-Jitsu instructor. And it's interesting, like, he, he's one of those guys, like, um, when he enters a room, like, people like, if you ever want to know who Pedro Sauer is, as soon as he walks in the room, you know. Nah. He's, he's, he's magnetic. He's awesome. He's a great guy. He's a good person, good heart. And uh, I've gotten to train with so many amazing people. I mean, um, Hobson Mora, Crone Gracie, uh, a lot of the different Gracies. They're right. all they're all great. So speaking of that, for somebody who's listening and they're interested in, in jiu-jitsu and they don't really understand, you know, Helio came over. Mm -hmm. Kind of keep walking through that that story. So we're going to yeah. just kind of jump between your story and the origins yeah. of jiu-jitsu. And kinda... so 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 Elio has an entire family of children. It's the most. It's the most. It's the largest and most famous. Um, sports family in, in the world mm -hmm. is the Gracie family. There's a lot of them, right? And so Horian uh, moves over to California, I believe in 88, 89. Uh, Master Sauer actually moved to Salt Lake City, I believe in 1990, 1991. So the first UFC takes place. Interesting story about the first UFC. So the first UFC takes place, and the idea is to pit martial art against martial art. Mm -hmm. See which one's the best. Right. And obviously we all know the story. Horse Gracie goes in. Oops, sorry. Well, we do. <laughs> yeah. So, so a lot of folks don't know. So basically what happened is they had all these different martial arts. They had boxers. They had kickboxers. They had savat. They had sumo wrestlers. Oh, sumo, yeah. They had all these different martial arts come in. They had traditional karate guys. And at the end of the day, um, a shoot fighter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Ken Shamrock, I believe, was a shoot fighter. At the end of the day, jiu-jitsu won. Um, Hoist Gracie goes in, and he's a – and by the way, I've gotten to meet Hoist. He's a great guy. Mm -hmm. Um it's funny because at the time I was taking Taekwondo yeah. and my dad and my uncle were instructing in Pineville and mm -hmm. I was like, a, I don't even know at the time, like a green belt or something. Right. And I hated Hoist Gracie because he was really? so boring. Right. You know, at the time you're like, you want to see people knock each other out and kick each mm -hmm. other in the face and, yeah. you know, do the Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, uh, movie type, you know, things. Right. You know, Bruce Lee punches forty-seven people at one time and wins, and yeah. and so I'm like this dude's just grabbing and people and holding on little, to him. Unassuming yeah. little little guy too. Yeah, yeah, especially compared to Ken Shamrock mm -hmm. and these other guys. Yeah, and yet he's just trouncing them, mm -hmm. and it's so hilarious looking back. And we'll get to that. But well, like, and I also think I want you to hold that thought for later when we come sure. to self-defense. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it gives a a uh, misdirection as to what self-defense really looks like. Exactly. Um, so, so Hoist goes and wins. So Alan Hopkins is at the first UFC. And if you ever go to the Gracie Museum, his ticket is in the Gracie Museum as one of the tickets for oh, the display. Cool. It's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. So, um, so anyway, they, um, uh, that kind of put jujitsu on the map, right? But jujitsu, but even then the UFC is not that popular until like 2000, maybe 2002 when mm -hmm. people released, you know, they changed the rules mm -hmm. and. And stuff like that. And, and people said that uh, 
what Hoist wasn't necessarily the best fighter, but because he was smaller, that he yeah yeah. I mean, I don't know what the truth is. About yeah, that, I mean, but. I don't know. I mean, there's there's all there, there's so much lore. Right? Yeah, there's a lot sure. of lore, so I, I don't I can't speak to the uh, historicity of that. I know Hoist is really tough. Oh, for sure. And uh, and Hickson is really tough, and that's our lineage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Master Sowers under Hickson Grace, he was under Elio. Um, so, and then if you look up Hickson's fights in Japan and some of the wars he went through and the, mm-hmm. the tournament format that they used to go through, but there were some great warriors that fought over there that weren't quote unquote part of the mm-hmm. jujitsu lineage. Yeah. Choke is such a great documentary. Oh man. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's go on YouTube it. for free. So. It's probably the, one of the best, um, one of the best, you know, if you don't know anything about how jujitsu and how it relates to Valley Tudo or what uh, we would call no holds barred Valley mm-hmm. Tudo's. You know, the Brazilian version of No Holds Barred, right? Um, it's just pretty neat to see the, you know, the, what leads up to a fight and how jiu-jitsu works in a fight. Another great 80s movie. Yeah, right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what was the other one that had the five guys going against the other five guys? It was a Taekwondo movie. Best of the Best. Yeah, yeah. That was another one. So um, so then as, as the late 90s come along, uh, and then you've got great martial arts instructors like the Machado Brothers. I mean, they're fantastic, and they're great people. I know Carlos very well. He's fantastic. There's a Carlos school here in, here in, uh, or there's a RCJ, or excuse me, a Carlos Machado school here in, uh, here in Shreveport. Fantastic, great guys, and um, um, you know, we have all these different instructors, and then jujitsu, uh, probably around 2010 is when it really becomes popular, because mm-hmm. I was really training in in. You know, we would have to go to seminars. There weren't jujitsu schools around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Paul's there. So that's what kind of happened in the jujitsu world. And at the same time, you're kind of paralleling. Yeah. So I, I came up at a time. You know, I started training jujitsu in 2000, and I, my first jujitsu class was taught by a blue belt and a guy named John Hubbard, right? Who John Hubbard recently uh, is a good friend of mine. He recently got his black belt, uh, I think, a year and a half ago. Cool. And uh, so he stopped for a little while and came back. And Congrats, finished. John. And uh, so anyway, man, it's it's interesting. He, um, we, we think of jujitsu as so popular now, but man, in 2001, of course, you got to remember, we didn't have iPhones in 2001. Sure. <laughs> right? Like, we think that we take iPhone for granted. But in 2001, man, jujitsu is not as popular as it is now. I mean, there are black belts everywhere now, right? Man, I remember when you saw a purple belt, mm-hmm. you were like, it was a unicorn. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right, and the only and there was a couple of American black belts, and there was a bunch of guys that you couldn't understand because they all spoke Portuguese. Right, right, and and it was and that was not long ago. No, that was 2003. I was training with I did a seminar with Andre Pettineris. Many of you don't know that's the that's the leader of Novignon, mm. uh, who BJ Penn. Mm-hmm. He's under, and I was I got to train with him, and he was showing stuff. And to this day, I'm, I remembered what he showed. And I'm like, man. I, it's amazing. It was hard to understand. He didn't speak English. Hobson Mora, who speaks English now, didn't speak English the first time I met him. Still remember a bunch <laughs> of his stuff, though. And he's like rolling with a cup of water. And by rolling, we mean sparring. Right. And he's very smooth. And you don't really feel him until you're, oh, it's too late. He's got me. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Super nice. And so, so then MMA starts getting popular. Right in okay. 2002, 2003. Then you start having... Right, because you have a shift in and not being, uh, UFC not being just pitting... Right. You know, different. So I think that's an interesting thing. So like people say, well, how does jujitsu measure up in MMA now? Well, of course it measures up great because everybody's training it. Just like Muay Thai, kickboxing, wrestling, all of everybody's kind of training everything now. Mm-hmm. So you may have people like Damian Maya 
who are doing both, and he's an experienced grappler, but he's got to strike. He, he, he can strike as well a little bit. And so it's no longer martial art versus martial art. Now it's mixed martial arts is a style in and of itself. Right. Right, but it does encompass Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and so in uh, 2006, interesting, I did a couple of kickboxing fights. I was doing stand-up, and uh, Danny Dream convinced me uh, through some very kind, loving words to, to do an MMA fight. Uh, and so February 18th, I did my first MMA fight under a show, uh, fought a really tough guy, happened to, happened to win. And I was thinking about fighting again in April, but I was so tired when I got done. Cause you don't know tired until you've experienced combat, mm-hmm. right? Oh man, it was exhausting. And I didn't know what I was doing as far as conditioning, but Blunchy, John Blunchy really helped me with that. John Blunchy was really good. He, he worked out with some guys out in Salt Lake, Mark Twight and um, Johnny Carlquist, who do, um, uh, they call it Jim Jones. Mm. And uh, CrossFit was kind of in with those guys too. And uh, um, so John Blunchy taught me a lot about getting ready for fights. And so from then on, I was in shape to fight and I started my mixed martial art career in 2006. And I retired in 2010 when a pretty lady asked me, she's like, look, I don't like watching you get punched in the face anymore. And I think family's more important than jiu-jitsu so absolutely i chose my wife and so you've been married how long i've been married nine years uh the first of this month right you got two kiddos two beautiful children levi who loves jiu-jitsu he's eat up with it he also loves football and so i'm either grappling him or throwing a football with him every day and my daughter eden who's very good at jiu-jitsu but she doesn't like it as much as levi does so we have to <laughs> but i consider it a part of their education yeah. right and how old is she she's just turned five uh, excuse me six right and she is all girl and Levi just turned seven back in July, and he is all boy. And it's so I got I get the best of both worlds, and I praise the Lord for that. That's awesome, man. I praise the Lord for that. My daughter, but I consider jiu-jitsu a part of their education. So I, can, I make them do it two days a week, cool. right? Cool. I, I, I don't, they can learn a lot on that jiu-jitsu mat. Good, Absolutely. Good. So, so anyway, and then uh, I moved here in 2012, and uh, November 5th, 2012, we started in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Shreveport Bossier, and... Um, and uh, we had eight students, and praise the mm-hmm. Lord, we've grown, and I've gotten some really yeah, close I've been following y'all since since then. I ran into what's his name, Derek. Yeah, Derek Renew. He's a great yeah, guy. Yeah, ran into him, met him. We got to talking about martial arts and training and stuff, and I've been following y'all on Facebook. Ever and he's since. a fantastic jujitsu uh, practitioner mm-hmm. and instructor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and ever since then, man, I've gotten relationships, I've gotten friendships. Um, I go to church with some of my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk. I mean, me and you guys, we sit around. We talk about the Bible, mm-hmm. and you know, we we talk about. Uh, we tell jokes. We we. It's just. It's hard to explain mm-hmm. what it's like to have a, a group of people that are so close. I mean, I I tell people. Some it does kind of feel like going to church sometimes in, in <laughs> yeah. a way. I mean, the the vibe there is so cool. Everybody is so welcoming and nice. I mean, every week somebody tells us because we're transplants from another school our school moved moved further out so that's why we switched and everybody's like we're so glad that y'all are here y'all y'all make us better and so on and so forth and so it's uh yeah it kind of feels like going to church and you're the i guess the cult leader (laughs) yeah for sure i mean and i would say you know we've talked about this a bunch in switching even from our old gym like it was the guys you know that we stayed for Mm -hmm. the community that we stayed for that we miss Mm -hmm. now 
you know, and some of those guys have come over, but some of those guys we still text and talk with and yeah. check in with and see how they're doing. Yeah. And I mean, COVID's changed a lot of that yeah. for, for their training. No, when, when you, I mean, because we're real, we're literally trusting each other. Uh, I'm trusting you with my life. You know, when I say stop or tap, I know you're going to do that. And it's just, there's, there's nothing like that in the world. It's so cool. Uh, the bonds that are formed around just rolling and sparring. Yeah. So let's get into that a little bit. What, um, what, what's the difference between karate, taekwondo, jujitsu? So let's talk about self-defense a little bit. Right. Cause I mean, we took taekwondo before, mm-hmm. you know, I remember growing up doing taekwondo. I got my red black and then I broke my arm and I wanted to go back and get my black belt. I'd fought some tournaments. I won a national championship, you know, and, and all the time as a high schooler, like, you know, that kind of, oh man, you, you can fight, you can do these things. Now, I never fought anybody in real life. So mm-hmm. like in your head, you're like, oh yeah, I can do a jump spinning crescent like Jean-Claude, I won this championship. Mm-hmm. But it's like not knowing all along that you're gonna get smoked by somebody if you actually have to use right. it most likely. And so now training jujitsu, I look back at my like Taekwondo and people are like, oh, well you did Taekwondo for seven years, doesn't that transition? And I'm like, well, Sort of, but very little. So, talk a little bit about. So, I'm a I'm a second degree in taekwondo, and uh, a lot, you know, there and, and every martial arts got different things, right? And and so I know some I know some taekwondo guys who are like tough as nails, man. Right. And some traditional karate guys. My my best friend Steve Miller, my best friend Brandon Curtis are both traditional martial art guys, right? And and so Steve got his start in karate, and Brandon got his start in taekwondo. Brandon's one of my blue belts. Steve's a black belt. Uh, you know, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so I think what's interesting, and especially like in 1993, you were probably training Taekwondo because there's nothing else around. No. Right? Yeah. So Taekwondo is much older. And, and so the differences are, are primarily, the, you know, Taekwondo, and obviously there's, man, there's a hundred different ways. Yeah, it's so nuanced. Yeah, I mean, so there's Taekwondo, there's Ishinru Karate, there's um, Kenpo karate. There's all these different versions. There's Kung Fu, you know, insert, you know, whichever one here. But most people know all that from film. They do. Yeah. So like they know Jit Kune Do because of Bruce Lee. Right. Right. They know karate because of the karate kid. Aikido because of, uh, Seagal. Yeah. Steven Seagal. Right. And so what I find interesting is, um, whatever art you're doing, right. Do it to the full of its potential. Mm-hmm. So the the basic difference is, you know, with jujitsu, it's it's we all we do a lot of stand up techniques, we do a lot, but it's you know primarily it's to get them on the ground because that's where I have the most leverage, right? That's where the most uh, I can have the most contact instead of the bottoms of my feet, I can have the most contact on the ground, which means I'm strongest there and I can use the earth to my advantage, mm-hmm. and 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 where the large majority of people end up very quickly. Yes, right? so you know a, a lot of fights go to the ground, right? Uh, you remember watching those old John Wayne movies where the Cowboys just kind of rolled around on the ground. And, and so with that being said, like to think that the principal difference is, you know, what we're trying to do. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, blocks and uh, and strikes are primarily and kicks are primarily what you do in Taekwondo, whereas jujitsu, it's a lot more uh, control of the body um, with joint manipulation for, you know, in the in the end all. I mean, you know, it's very safe you know, the way we train it, but the end goal is joint destruction or, or putting a person to sleep through, uh, you know, in a life or death situation, putting a person to sleep through, um, you know, blood loss to the brain, to the brain is essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but Taekwondo is the same thing, like kickboxing, boxing, the idea is to punch the guy and knock him out. Right. So, you know, um, you know, the same thing is true with, with the striking arts. 
But I always say this, like, you know, people talk about patterns. I, I tell you, one thing that helped me in my stand-up with kickboxing was point karate because it makes you hard to hit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I've gone through it. I think, you know, I have to admit, I think a person grows if they admit the faults of their past. And the faults of my past were, at times, I was my kung fu better than your kung fu type thing. And in reality, it's whatever the art you're doing is, let that be your art, and I'm going to respect it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And so if I see somebody doing a pattern, now I may tell you, look, if, if self-defense is what you're looking for, I believe in this so much that I'll teach my children and my wife this, mm-hmm. right? I don't teach them that for self-defense, but I'm never going to, I'm never going to say that somebody's wrong for doing a pattern because that's their art, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if that's their art, fantastic. And, and, or, you know, whatever martial art you're training, do it and do it mm-hmm. right and do it good and, and put time into it. And yeah. Love it. I think the reason I love it though, and I, and I will, since I'm not the instructor say, like, I, I think that, uh, you know, like you said in the very beginning, you can't very well teach a 115 pound person yeah. to knock somebody out. So the problem is, is if my wife said somewhere and somebody grabs her, you know, right. she can know all the karate in the world, but if somebody's got her in a bear hug from behind, right. What's the practical reality of using karate or taekwondo? Right. And I, and I firmly believe that jujitsu can, can save your life. Right. I teach it mm-hmm. to my children. Um, and you know, and that's, and that's essentially, and in many ways, by the way, not just you go get in a fight. I think jujitsu can save your life in a lot of ways. And I've seen it do that. We're going to talk about that for sure. Yeah. So, so that, that the, the principal difference is, you know, the idea of the stand up kicking, striking and jujitsu has, you know, we kick, we strike, we do things, but the primarily thing is to use the leverage of our body in accordance with the, um, with the earth. You know, when you're running, you're trying to push the earth down. It just doesn't work, so you move. Right. Right. So jujitsu kind of uses those same principles to connect to people and to use your bone structure and your leverage. I have a question too. Yeah. So tell us what uh, the word jujitsu means. Like what gentle is it? art. It, it, yeah, it translates to the to the gentle yeah. art. And so, uh, can you talk about the aspect of uh, so in in karate, kickboxing, those things, mm-hmm. you're trying to smash somebody in the nose or the teeth or whatever, knock them out. Yeah. But in jujitsu, you, you do have options. You don't have to do that. Yeah, no, that's so, um, I think, you know, I'm a, I'm, I go to church and, and in, and, and there's different people, uh, you know, religiously. And I, and I think this is something interesting for everybody. You need to work out everything you do with your faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have talked self-defense with my faith. I've looked at the scriptures and I've said, okay, how does self-defense in line? What the cool thing about jujitsu, and there's a lot of arguments that, that we hear about, you know, people carrying guns for self-defense. But one of the cool things about jujitsu mm-hmm. is if you're a total pacifist, you can do jujitsu because mm-hmm. you don't have to hurt people. You can control them and you don't have to hurt them. Right. Right. It, and so, so moms, right, dads, you, you got kids who go to school and uh, you want to teach your kids self-defense. One of the things I love about jiu-jitsu, and by the way, I, I kickbox, you know, I still do boxing. I love them. There's some great boxing schools around. They're fantastic. One of the things that uh, that is interesting about jiu-jitsu is that if I get in a fight at school, I don't have to punch the kid. Mm-hmm. I don't have to hurt the kid. I can stop the self-defense, mm-hmm. and I'm less likely to have, you know, suspensions and school litigations. Yeah, and you're stuff just like controlling that. the situation. You're just controlling the situation. Yeah. Right, because you said earlier, yes, it's about bone breaking and... and tapping yes. somebody out and choking them out, but you don't have to. But you don't have to. You have control mm-hmm. over that. So for mm-hmm. those of you, so those people who might have a religious exemption to violence, which I totally respect, by the way, 
you can do jujitsu mm-hmm. and you don't have to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I saw a roll with Clint. I just I just hold him down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Control him. Yeah, that's what I do. For sure. I feel like a little baby when I roll with right. Ryan. I'm just like, oh, please, sir. <laughs> do you want my money? <laughs> right. You gave me money last time. Just that's so right. You I was like, well, take it easy on me. <laughs> So, so that's a thing that's an important thing to realize is jujitsu truly is for everyone. Yeah, and I think that's why people get scared when you talk to them. I mean, I try to talk. I know you're right as our clients about the yeah. mental health aspects, and we'll get there. But, you know, it it isn't. It's violent, but it's not violent. Right. Right. It's a. Uh, I think like Joe Rogan talks about it being like pretend murder, you know, <laughs> because you you know you get in these situations, but you're you're actually learning how to have control over the situation, so you don't have to be violent unless you absolutely need to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like you said, if you're a pacifist, you're like, oh, I don't really like to be rough, or I don't really like violence. Me too. Like as a therapist, like when I first started training, and I mean I've only been training you know a few years, but the reality is is that you know it took me a while to be able to fully choke someone hard. Because I was just like, ah, I don't really want to be mean. Or, you know, if you're going to go for an arm bar and, and uh, one of our shirts we were talking about this week, like, you better be pushing that face back and grabbing, you know, mm-hmm. the arm. I would never do the face push. I would always just try to get the arm bar. But because I wasn't doing the technique, I would never get it. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize, like, oh, this is the, like, like where I said, we're agreeing to this mm-hmm. practice. Yes. You know, and so it's not just being mean. It's doing it mm-hmm. efficiently so it works. And. <laughs> And it took me a while. Yeah. So I think for the average person going, oh, I couldn't do that. You can because of what it is. Mm-hmm. You can't because of the myth you think that it is, that you're going to get in there and people are going to just hammer you and smash you and punch you and hurt you. And when in reality, like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's not, you know, it's not uh, tiddlywinks. But the reality is, is that it's very controlled. And I think something very interesting, like if you saw pictures, I, I've, I've still got still to look at the legal thing. If you look at Napoleon Dynamite, Napoleon is me when I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I looked a lot like him at the big glasses and walked around. And, and jiu-jitsu and martial arts in general gave me an outlet to become, you know, to, to gave, gave me the outlet. You know, um, I got a beautiful wife who is a sweet, godly woman. And I hate, to, I hate to say this, but I don't know that I would have been able to talk to her if I was still Napoleon Dynamite. Mm. Right? I wouldn't have my two beautiful children if I was still who I was when I was 14 years old. So jujitsu doesn't change who you are. I, don't, I think only God can do that. That's just my personal opinion. I think only God can really change who you are. But what jujitsu can do is jujitsu can refine you and make you mm-hmm. a better version of yourself. Yeah, I agree. Oh, definitely. It can refine you and make a better version of yourself. And so, you know, you talk about like now you don't mind choking people, right? <laughs> right. So especially your right. Especially your right. When he lets me. So <laughs> when, he's, when you let him work. When right? I let him work. Yeah. So. Um, Shout out to Lane Killebrew as well for letting me work. <laughs> with, with me, I was, I was, so I was so insecure and then I finally had confidence. So then I went like to the other end of the spectrum where I got a little egotistical, right? Mm-hmm. And now praise the Lord, I think I'm coming back. You know, I think I, I think I have for a while come back to the, you know, what I hope is a healthy confidence, but I'm, I'm trying to, I try to be very introspective mm-hmm. and I try to be like, okay, am I, you know, I try not to let, I listen to a lot of Jocko. So, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, read his books and things like that and you know you can't let your ego get in the way of anything of growth ego is a killer of growth and so I try to have a, a healthy ego to where I'm comfortable teaching jiu-jitsu and raising my children making a call and looking around and living with it mm-hmm. but not have the ego to where I don't let other people grow to where um, I take myself for what I am so that if I'm wrong about something I can grow from being wrong 
and uh, so martial arts has also done that to me. So martial arts took me from being uh, very insecure, very, you know, insert whatever word here, Napoleon Dynamite, to being a little bit egotistical and having a chip on my shoulder, and it also brought me back to the mm -hmm. middle. You know, you got to confess your sins of your past, mm -hmm. right? So brought me back to the middle to where it's more healthy. And I think the longer you do it, the more it'll the more it'll refine you and things like that. Yeah, that the, the thing that I love about the jujitsu community community is that there there is so much humility there. I mean, there's always one or two you know egotistical guys at every level and every belt. But for the most part, you talk to people in the community, and and they're very quick to tell you how much they don't know and how much how much further they have to go and really how bad they stink at jujitsu right. a, a lot. Uh, and, and that's that's what I really love. And you just, I haven't seen that in other sports like basketball and football that I've played and, and even other martial arts where there was a lot of like, our stuff is is the best. Right, and, I, and I've tried to, and I've, I've been a part of schools that were like that. Like from mm -hmm. all, I've been, I've gotten, I've had the privilege of training all over the place. Mm -hmm. And um, when, I, when I talk about the love of my school, what, what I really mean is the love of my people, right? So, man, jiu-jitsu, ju there's so much jiu-jitsu out there, so many great jiu-jitsu guys. But having a group of people that I love, like I, there, there's two groups of people that I love, you know, as much as I love them. Outside of my family, obviously, I love my wife and my children. I love my church. Mm -hmm. I'm close to my people in my church. I talked to one this morning for an hour just talking about different things from the Bible, and I'm close to my jiu-jitsu people. Mm -hmm. And I just, that is, so when I say I love my school, and I'm not trying to come at it from an egotistical, oh, our, you know, our kung fu, better, you know, all that. What I'm coming at it is the absolute love for each and every one of my students that I have and the love for the community that we build together. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's, that is, you know, the jiu-jitsu, the martial art part, that's a huge component, and it's what brings people in. But the more important thing about jujitsu is how you can help people, how people can benefit from it, mm -hmm. rather than just beat people up, rather than just choke people, how you benefit from it and how other people benefit, and how it can make you competent enough to where you can actually help people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Uriah, tell me a little bit about, because you know, the goal of the podcast for people listening is, is to, and we're going to get to the mental health benefits of it and the benefits, but for also for people to hear all three of our kind of versions because yeah. everybody winds up doing different things and having different paths. But I feel like jujitsu is such an equalizer. That's what I love about it. It's like you come yeah. and you have somebody who's a therapist, you have somebody who's a doctor, you have somebody who's only done jujitsu their whole mm -hmm. life. You have, you know, there's all these walks of life, girls, women, you know, all mm -hmm. these different things. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, how you came to jujitsu and. So I was, uh, I was down in, in New Orleans doing seminary and uh, I was supposed to probably supposed to be writing, you know, a really exciting paper, you know, on systematic theology or something like that. And I'm flipping through the channels and the Ultimate Fighter season one was on. And I just happened to tune in right at the end when Bonner and Griffin were fighting that, that classic UFC fight. And I was just I was just hooked at that point. I was like, gosh, this is this is so exciting. And, you know, Hurricane Katrina comes. We, we move back here and, and I start training. I get hurt. But but I was I was hooked. I even started training MMA and and had a uh, an exhibition fight. And I was okay. I'm done. You know that's off the off the bucket <laughs> list. But I fell in love with grappling, 
and I did a Google search one night, how to get better at jujitsu. And everybody was saying, put on the gi, put on the gi, put on the gi. And so I ordered a gi, uh, started doing private lessons with, with a guy, and then uh, ended up at Gator Pit. Uh, Matt Paget was doing some work at the church, and I ran into him in the bathroom at the church, and he's wearing a jujitsu shirt, and we started talking. And I'd, act, I'd been talking to you and uh, his name Danny over at the Machado School. Mm-hmm and Brian, and I, and I think it was because I, I met Tiny, uh, Matt, uh, that I ended up going with, with Gator Pit. And uh, so that was sort of my foray into it, but you know, looking back, I was always, uh, I was always fighting. I, I, I was always defending myself, always getting picked on, always having to fight. And I uh, didn't know I could fight uh, until I had to. And then I kind of started liking fighting. And then, you know, uh, you grow up, have kids, and you know, become a responsible adult. And I was a preacher, so I had to be responsible. Like, but gosh, there's just I kind of missed that, and so I got back into it. And um, I I know we're going to get to the mental health aspect of it, but that's you can the, jump that's into the it. part that keeps me coming back. And we've talked, you and I talk about this all the time. You know, I can just be having a, a week where just the funk is just hanging over me and will not go away. And I can go to the gym for an hour, hour and a half. And literally, literally get smashed, and and just be thinking while I'm under, you know, somebody like, gosh, I love this so much, and I'll go home, and for days, like I will feel just great. I mean, there, there's there's nothing like it, you know. Mm-hmm. The community aspect that is there, the fellowship is there. It's a full body workout too, which is great. That's what I love about it. full body workout full mental workout you're always solving puzzles and it's there's like instant feedback you know like me and you'll roll for five minutes if i can't get something on you i'll i'll roll with somebody else and i'm constantly working things out working things out and so it's just uh to me it's the perfect the perfect activity but the uh the mental aspect is probably the thing that that keeps me coming back because that's uh you know, we joke it, that is our therapy. Yeah, for sure. You know, it is our self care. Yeah. So let's talk about it a little bit, Mike. What do you think uh, some of the the benefits of doing jujitsu have been for you? But that you see in, I mean, you you unlike us get to see all these people who come in, come out. You know, different walks of life every day, every week. Who train? You know, you got some a class almost every day of the week. I think. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about kind of spiritual, emotional, and physical aspects. So in whatever way you want to talk about it so so spiritually um so you know there are people that believe that martial arts has a has a a cult type thing i don't believe that uh i believe anything can become a cult right but what i mean is they believe it it in of itself is a is a religion and i I don't believe that what i do believe is that when you train with people and you said it earlier you have to trust one another Mm -hmm. right so we roll and we get to know each other through combat Mm-hmm. And we get to trust one another spiritually because we've all talked about the Bible and we've all been able to to you know discuss things. When you trust somebody not to hurt you mm-hmm. physically, you can also trust them not to hurt you spiritually or emotionally. And so what I find is is that the people that I'm really close with in jiu-jitsu, I can have in-depth conversations mm-hmm. with them about spiritual matters. And I can just ask them questions and they can ask me questions 
And because we're so used to, even if we disagree, we're so used to sparring physically that mm-hmm. we can spar spiritually and mm-hmm. we just listen to what each other have to say. It's the ultimate vulnerability, isn't it? Yeah, you're yeah. vulnerable. Like yeah. you could put me to sleep and there's nothing I can do about it now. So I'm going to ask you to let me go. Okay, great. Yeah. Or, I've, you know, like I could be training with you, you know, you, you and I have never rolled. And, and so I can be training with you and just totally embarrass myself, you know, by not knowing how to do something or just continuing to do something just stupid to put myself in bad spots and you submit me over and over again. And I have to deal with that. I have to deal with that. And so it becomes like this uh, tool for uh, ego transcendence, if you, if, if you will. Right. And there's a sign on your door that says, leave your ego in the parking lot. And I think that that, because of the vulnerability aspect, that's the that's the piece that's so good spiritually, mentally, physically. It translates uh, at home if you're married. You know, uh, there's times when you just have to just 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 take stuff and be okay with it. Yeah, we we also have this thing right, the alpha male, right? Yeah. We we're not vulnerable because we see Superman as an archetype, mm-hmm. right? Where he where he never gets hurt, never does anything wrong, never makes the bad decision. And, you know, and and I've talked to people like if I'm struggling with something or if I have an issue with something, whether it be spiritually or emotionally or, you know, I struggle with depression or I have anxiety for whatever. If they see the person that's supposed to be strong also struggling with the same thing, sometimes it can make them feel better. And so so spiritually being able to ask tough questions and being able to have conversations with people to get to get to know more about your Lord, that's a big one. Yeah. So that's that one. And that end, and um, getting your clearing your mind. Mm -hmm. Because when you're training jujitsu for the five to 10 minutes or however long, you're not thinking about anything Mm -hmm. else. You're Mm -hmm. just in the moment. It's the Mm -hmm. only time where, that's what I used to love about MMA. Mm-hmm. Right, you get in that cage, and for the next fifteen minutes, that's all you're worried it's about. It's the purest form of meditation. It's the purest form. You can't worry about your bills. Yeah. You're not worried about, you know, what's going on with your family. You are literally yeah. just focused on what's going on in that very second, in that nanosecond of time that we're a part of. We're living in that moment, and it is amazing. Mm-hmm. No, that's truth, man. I mean, every time that I go, I mean, it's the only thing in my life. You know, if I'm lifting weights, if I go for a run, if I take my kids for a walk, mm-hmm. if I do all these things that are great and amazing and I love doing, there's still that little part of my brain that's like, well, you need to be doing something else mm-hmm. or you need to be being productive. Yeah. Or, are, you sp- are you spending time with your kids right now effectively? Like, are you giving them <laughs> enough attention? Are you giving your wife enough attention? Like, there's just all these thoughts that are floating around and Satan's constantly attacking and you not being good enough and the anti-gospel of, you know, God's not good and all these things. Right. And it is like when I train, I mean... I don't think about any. I actually surprise myself because by the time I get in my truck and I start driving home and I'm on this high, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just spent two hours not thinking about anything else. That was so nice. You know, and, and a lot of times you're on the phone with me, you're laying talking about <laughs> yeah, your roles yeah, and what definitely. happened. And, you know. Yeah, it's 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 like, uh, you know, me and my friends used to go to the movies. And one of my favorite things was when we leave from the movies, we'd just talk about the movie and what was good about it, and what was bad about it, and what we took out of it. And of course, being a therapist, like I'm always doing that with everything. So yeah, that's one of my favorite things about jujitsu is, especially when you start that first year, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's still going on, you know, and I'm still super new and terrible. But the reality is, is that calling you or calling whoever afterwards and being like, okay, I did this and I did this and I tried this and this happened. And it's never like a, the thing I love about it, it's, it's never like a, I smashed this person or I won or, 
or I. Yeah, you, y'all can touch. We're it's getting fine. vulnerable here. We're yeah. used, we're used to touching. talking about feelings. You start Very reaching vulnerable. out. Uh, don't don't start rolling right here in the middle of it. We're going to do a wrist lock. Uh, but you you know the reality is is that like it's not about ego. And if you if you talk to me on the phone about that, I would be the first one to be like, bro, like you're going to get smashed next week. You know, like or if mm-hmm. I called you and was like, man, I got so and so and tapped so and so. If it's ever anything like that, it's about how you got better. It's yes. not about beating someone else. And that's what I love learning yeah. is like that's that true. relates to Jesus, that relates to good mental health, that relates to humility is like we, me and you, as we train are competing against ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be better than I was last week and the mm-hmm. week before. And knowing that like Tuesday I did great, mm-hmm. you know, felt like I was flowing. I was amazing. I call him like, dude, secret. I've learned everything. I've unlocked jujitsu. And then Thursday I'm like, calling you going i was terrible everyone caught me i was so sluggish i was the so new, the new guy yeah yeah the white belt who you know doesn't know anything like i was you know doing this and did something dumb and he caught me you know mm-hmm. and it's not i don't feel like it allows for very much ego in and of itself spiritually emotionally yeah. because yeah. i mean of course you can and there are those outlier people but mm-hmm. the reality is it it if you do it by yourself, if you do jujitsu by yourself, I feel like it's way more risky for that. But if you do jujitsu within community with friends and with people who are on the same path as you, mm-hmm. then they don't allow you to be that because yeah. that's not what's best for you. Well, we, it's, it's like discipleship. I mean, yeah. honestly, it's a strange as a Christian, you know, doing jujitsu, it leads to really good conversations, really good discipleship, really good relationships. You say all the time, Mike, like you can't put your hands on somebody and lie. You know, like they, you, you cannot tell a lie when you're rolling with them because they know what you're doing and who you are. Mm-hmm. And so it makes you be honest. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then and obviously, you know, there's, there's, you know, um, so emotionally, we, you know, we, we talk about, you know, people don't go to church like they used to. Mm-hmm. Right. And they used to have that community slowly, but surely over time. That's. So what happens is, is, is like, if you ask yourself right now, you're listening to the podcast, who are my friends and why are they my friends? Right? So I can tell you the vast majority of my friends have one of two things in common. The vast majority of them. One, we go to church together and I'm very, very close to the, to the people who go to church with me. Mm-hmm. Or two, we do jujitsu together. Mm-hmm. I am very, very close to the people I do jujitsu with. Mm-hmm. So we have something in common that we can talk about. Right. As opposed to, well, why am I friends with this person? Oh, we both have kids the same age. Mm-hmm. Our kids go to school together, so we're friends. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You may have a best friend that's like that, and y'all get along great. But what I'm saying is you've got a community of people who are, mm-hmm. who, who at least have at least one thing that y'all like together. And whether you disagree on it, y'all, and we mess with each other, and we have fun. Mm-hmm. We have friends. Mm-hmm. And there are people that come up to me and go, man, I just, I want some community. I want some friends. People who are over the age of, of 25 and have kids, they don't have as many friends as they used to. Mm-hmm. Now they have this entire group of people that yeah. check on them and that they can joke with and they can yeah. have fun with. And it's yeah. just an amazing That's thing. That's something that you're really good at is, is checking on people. Too. Unless you're only doing me, I'm, a, I'm assuming you. Well, you're my up. favorite of all. Okay, of them, so I don't I, have I a thought so. I didn't want to bring no. that up. No, I try but, to check. But on you're, all you're, people. you're really good at that. An- another thing that that is done for for me is that um, it helps. So you know how we have a tendency to kind of put everybody in their neat little boxes. You know, we have uh, 
just that's what we do we compartmentalize and I, I get because any given day you could be rolling with a doctor lawyer uh, oil field person uh, stay-at-home mom african-american asian you know everything and it it uh it enables you to just to take down those walls or those boxes that you've had those people in and so then when you're out in the community and you're with different types of people you don't see them as different uh, or as different as, as you did and I think that is huge and I was I was telling one of my clients this the other day and 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 I made I made the comment kind of out loud when I was talking but I believed it when I said it's like it's got to be the closest thing to the 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 kingdom of heaven that we know on earth because we just love and respect and get each other mm-hmm. and appreciate each other so much without judgment or, or bias your podcast was it episode four where you were talking about the racism and what's going on i in think so episode yeah. four. by the way you're a fantastic interviewer no, you do a, your podcast is awesome um one of the things that was interesting is you were asked you were having a serious conversation with about some serious things and um i've been fortunate you know you talk about trust and we talk about like wow we can talk about spiritual things i've had those same conversations with several people from minority communities of different, uh, and they have their own thing. And I just, I can sit there and listen to them and they feel comfortable talking to me about that, right? I have, uh, you know, I have people come up to me, you know, we have, you know, and y'all see it way more than I do being therapist, but we have a community where people can feel comfortable having the conversations. And that's interesting mm-hmm. that you say that because man, we don't, like when I tell you everybody's equal on that map, everybody's equal on that map. I mean, it's really true. It's really true. Like everybody's like, oh, there's no, 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 man. You want, like if people talk about equality, man, come to a jujitsu mat. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you see somebody and if you even remotely think because of based on what they look like, that you're going to do something to them, and then they <laughs> right. trounce you right. for five minutes. You know, it doesn't matter how tall or short or small right. or whatever. It's like, and with with a gi on, like you know, you're not seeing a whole lot of anything anyway. But my favorite thing has been, and, and I think uh, when I really realized jujitsu is legit and works and is the thing. I mean, I remember, you know, when you've been there a year, a year and a half, and you actually can do something. And then a new person comes in because mm-hmm. at, at Gator Pit, I was the newest person for like six months. I think it was pretty. It was a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. And then new people came in, and I was just getting smashed by everybody because everybody was way better than me. And when we say smash, we don't literally. I mean, sometimes we mean literally, but most of the time we just mean them being able to do what they want with us, which is the whole point. Right. And I remember somebody coming in. He was like young airman 23 he had this like tight you under armor shirt on i mean i could see his abs through his under armor shirt Mm -hmm. i'm like oh great this kid's about to just you know Mm -hmm. give me a a time for five six minutes Mm -hmm. and it was just like i had to like work into bad positions for him to be able to do something and what you don't realize is that that moment where you realize like it's actually really hard to win if you don't know what you're doing Mm -hmm. like it's not like the movies it's not as easy to just get on top of somebody and choke them Mm-hmm. If they know how to defend a little bit, you know, and that's what I was trying to tell my wife and, you know, our kids, we do stuff at home all the time. And I'm like, you know, if you just know a little bit mm-hmm. against somebody who knows nothing, you're going to be way ahead of the game. So, again, that equalizer, when you walk in and you see somebody, and you're like, oh, she's a girl or this is a guy or he's, you know, overweight or this is whatever. It's like none of that matters if their technique is, is on point. And that's such 100%. a 
cool equalizer because it makes you go, oh, all the things in life that, and again, it's this parallel to Christ, like all the things in life that we value, what we look like, our prestige, mm-hmm. our job, how much money mm-hmm. we make, you know, what ethnicity we are, what culture we come from, if we're divorced or not, whatever, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, and so for five minutes or an hour, people get to come and train and engage with people and none of it matters. And if it does matter, you quit. And yeah. I really mm-hmm. do believe that if you're a person that that's what you value, then you don't make it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. 100% agree with that. That's, uh, man, that's awesome. I was going to talk about, we talked about this earlier, but I think another one of the benefits is uh, the connect for men, especially. I mean, I think for women too, but I'll just talk because I'm a man. But, you know, in this culture, I think men especially need affection, affirmation, and attention mm-hmm. as boys. And because of the trauma history we all have, and because of a lot of the things we've gone through as men, we, like you said, this machismo, this, this alpha male, this thing mm-hmm. we're taught through movies and film and, and through our own parents, um, it, it's killing us. You mm-hmm. know, our suicide rate's insane, our oh. mental health rate, our anxiety, our depression. And coming into the gym and getting to touch and laugh and hug and put your arm around somebody and then physically rolling. I mean, you have to be on top of people and you have, I remember, I remember the first few weeks of being like, this is super uncomfortable. Remember to be. the Sunday school room incident? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, let me tell you the story. So Uriah and I were training Gator Pit and he's like, well, come up, you know, I'll show you some stuff at the, he was working at the church. He's like, come up and uh, I got some mats and it's we'll like throw down some mats. In the morning. It's like before work, we'll train because we, they, they, there wasn't any morning classes. So I wanted to go more, but I could only go like in the afternoon. And I didn't want to leave my kids. And so your eyes like, well, come in the morning before work and we'll train a little bit and I'll show you some stuff. I'm like, great. So we lay these mats down in this room, the door's shut. And so we're like rolling and he's on top of me, like doing, you know, whatever he's doing. I think he's got like his favorite thing was like, to, you know, wrap his legs in and get on your stomach and or get on my top on, on, in mountain surfing. Yeah. Right. The Superman thing. And at the time I'm like, I have no clue what to do. So you're just on top of me, smushing me. <laughs> In, in this, you know, can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. And so all of a sudden the door opens and it's this like Hispanic lady janitor. It's the house kick. Yeah. And she's like, oh, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and we're both look up, you know. It's not what it looks like. Yeah. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah. it's like, but that whole, you know, we're so homoerotic, you know, homophobic and all of these things as men sometimes. And, but, what that does is is that keeps us from connecting you know it keeps us touching and hugging and saying hey mm-hmm. you know it kills us and mm-hmm. and, and we we're, we're in this very depleted deprived thing where we don't know how to be affectionate with our wives we don't know how to be affectionate with our friends and with our brothers in christ and jujitsu also opens the door to like if you stick with it touching is you're going to be really comfortable with yeah. it very quick you know, like, and you have to so be. Your sweat's dripping into my <laughs> eye and my ear. Yeah. Right, and people listen right now, and they're like, I don't out. want that to happen. Trust me, it's not as bad as it sounds. No, for sure. It's not that big a deal. And, and it's not that often. No, and I'm a hugger. Like, I think I hug y'all every time you come in, sure. right? I'm like, I'm a big hugger. I hug at church. Like, it. that's the COVID things kill me because nobody wants to hug me anymore. Right. I'm like, lots of huggy bear, man. Give me a hug. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, and, it's, and you're right. And it also... um. I think, you know, you're talking about like the machismo and what men go through and no touch. We're also, we also put this thing on that we're not allowed to fail. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, you, you're going to fail at jiu-jitsu. Oh, that was the biggest. 99% the, of 99 the time. Point. You're going to succeed once and it's going to be like, wow, that feels weird. I want to go back to failing that was the That's probably the best part of doing jiu-jitsu for me is like, it's, it's okay to yeah. fail. And that's, you go in expecting it every day. That's something that I've, that I've, that I've tried to instill in my, in my children. It's okay to fail. I, my son threw an interception yesterday. I didn't get to go, but 
he threw a pick yesterday, and I was saying to myself, hey, I'd rather him throw that ball than sit there and hold it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just throw it, man. Mm-hmm. You'll get better at it. Just throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, but it's such a good rule for life because we put these expectations. We've we've either had them put on us or we put them on ourselves that you can't fail, that you have to perform. you got to make straight A's. you got to go to the best schools. you got to have the best wife. you got to do these things. And I think jujitsu is like the opposite of that. It's you're going to fail a lot almost every time. So what's that say about you? Mm-hmm. What's that say about the people you're interacting with? Can you build up that emotional and physical and spiritual mentality that your worth is not based on being able to submit somebody every time Yeah. that your worth is based on your effort on your connection with people. And we know this, you have people who show up and just based on gifting and natural ability, some people are going to progress better than others. You know, some people are going to like one of the things I think that has been so good for me is being in the army, you know, and being in combat and being in these situations that are dangerous and then coming to jujitsu. I think I didn't have to do that six months of like fight or flight training. You know, a lot of people come in and it takes six months to even learn anything because you're always in that right brain functioning. You're always Mm -hmm. just trying to be like, oh, you know, it's spazzy white belt and freak out because Mm -hmm. you're just you've never been in a situation where you might die. Right. You've never been in a situation where you really, your brain thinks you're in danger. And although you're not in danger in jiu-jitsu in our gym, you, your brain doesn't know that. And so it takes a while. And so it was good for me because I came in already kind of had that worked out of me. So I was able to learn quicker and pick up. And there's just certain people who are going to pick up different. But that's on you, right? You're not measuring that against somebody else and saying, oh, why didn't they get promoted? Or why didn't they get their this and that? It's like. Well, if you're thinking that way, like you've already failed jujitsu. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way you can fail is yeah. if you are measuring yourself against the other people that you're training with. I learned early on the concept of, of getting in bad spots and working out, out of the bad spots. And, 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 and now when I get in a bad spot, I'm like, I've been here hundreds of times. I'm okay. Like my heart doesn't even beat fast. I mean, I'm just, I'm just there. And most of the time, uh, the person is going to be so... Uh, excited about trying to submit you that they're going to move out of your way so that you can escape and so that's probably been the biggest uh thing for me in jujitsu is just allowing myself to get into those bad spots now granted there's all the people like you can put me in any bad spot that you want but for the most part i'm just like yeah let's just start i'll give you my back to start with and i'll and i'll work out of it and that translates into a great life lesson is because we're again back to the scared of failing but uh when i'm in a bad spot in life you know i can always draw on something from the match you know i was in i was under steve hill's knee on belly (laughs) if i survive that i can survive this you know mountain on top of you yeah Yeah. so uh yeah brian's side control or joe or eric or any of the guys we you know brian's tricep slicer if you can survive that then yeah you can go through life you know do anything practically for sure yeah yeah 100% agree guys it's awesome so um we talked about a little bit i wanted to cover this too like the idea of policing in jujitsu because uh, on one of our podcasts we talked about like the idea of self of control and and i think I want to get your thoughts because I know you shoot and you do a lot of that and, mm-hmm. we, and you see a lot of police officers that come into our gym. We have a ton of guys who yes, are, are police officers. But just the idea, and I, Jocko talked about this a lot, just that every cop should be a blue belt. What do you think about that idea? Oh, I think it's a, mm-hmm. it's a great thing. You know, it's interesting. My uh, my old Taekwondo instructor said this one time. I was like, with our, with our military, they'll train and they'll train and they'll train and it takes forever for them to go to war. 
mm-hmm. right? With the police, sometimes it's the opposite. They go to war, go to war, go to war, and they train a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? Yeah. So, um, man, it's a, it's, a, it's a hard job to do, um, you know, mentally and physically. And I think anything that you can do to give yourself a tool that will, A, keep you safe, and B, potentially keep somebody that's, that's in your, uh, whether you need to arrest them, whether you're there in your care, keep them safe. The more tools you have, mm-hmm. the better it is. And I don't think, especially for my, you know, my, my, my people who aren't big and giant and strong, the more training you have in jujitsu and the more comfortable you can get cracking that, controlling that adrenaline dump. So you just mm-hmm. said it, your, your lizard brain kind of takes over, mm-hmm. man, yeah. when you yeah. don't know what's going on and you start, you know, one of the things, and, and by the way, for those of you who are, who don't train jujitsu might be interested it's okay to adapt to become better, right? That's all weightlifting is, right? Mm-hmm. You put strain on the muscle, you put mm-hmm. stress on the muscle, and it adapts and becomes better. So the same thing happens with your entire life with jiu-jitsu. You yeah. put stress on yourself and you become better. Yeah. So when, if you can get into situations where you make yourself uncomfortable mm-hmm. and the lizard brain takes over, mm-hmm. if you can control that, man, you're way ahead of the game. Yeah. So And, and so, yes, I, I agree that Jiu-jitsu can help police officers control and and put themselves in better situations and control the situation even better and can save their life if if you know heaven forbid it does take a lethal force encounter they they have all the different steps and supposed to you know maybe and, and again I never I never Monday morning quarterback anything that sure. a police officer does um I try to learn from things, but I don't. I don't. I don't judge them for the decision they make in a split section. So split second. But that being said, if you if you have a lot more options between option A and option Z, if we have you know B, C, D, E, and F, I think that helps everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, the the Gracie survival tactics is an amazing thing for police officers. And if you're a police officer out there, go train jujitsu. It not only is it good for your job, but you know you have a hard job, and so you want to talk about getting five minutes where you don't have to think about your job and you can just, mm-hmm. you know, you can decompress. That's great. But the more jujitsu and the more you know martial art that you know, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, I mean, think of all the things we talked about that are a benefit. Right. That would be specifically beneficial for first responders, you know, just right. getting getting that getting that escape, getting that mental break, getting community that's outside of the police department or the fire department or whatever it is for first responders. Because, you know, again, that community piece is what's going to help us through the crisis and what's going to help us process the pain and get it out and, you know, find other people who are struggling and, and who get on equal playing field. And so you don't feel like you're so alone and so isolated and. But yeah, the the bigger benefit I think it, is just controlling people safely. Is just yes. getting in a situation where, because I think from in my experience, like or already being in public, being in situations where maybe somebody's arguing or there's some situation when I got my kids and something's going on. I mean, I I feel a million times more confident, mm-hmm. like without even thinking unconsciously, like mm-hmm. I'm not. If something happened, like. I'm going to be fine unless this person's a purple belt, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, unless they're my athletic I'm ability, go to T position, yeah. you know, inside leg trip, I mean, take them down. And yeah. if they are a purple belt during the middle of it, like, Hey man, why are we fighting? Let's go. Well, yeah. To well, like the, the statistical <laughs> likelihood of somebody who trains jujitsu and being in it longer and better 
who is trying to fight in Target yeah. or getting in a fight in, at, in Chili's or whatever it is that's the situation. It's going to be so unlikely. Mm-hmm. Like The people who are out there fighting in public and grabbing people and you know snatching people up are so, you know, they're not training jiu-jitsu every week. Right. And, and, you know, my mom used to say this about bullies, and I never believed her until I got older, and I realized she was right. You know, they're, they're, you know the bullying, there's something, they're, that, that person has got trauma too. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so um, when they're like, just walk away, you're the bigger man. No, so John Jacques Machado, who is a, a hero of mine, he's an mm-hmm. amazing martial artist, he told mm-hmm. a story on, he was actually on Joe Rogan's podcast, he told the story about he bumped into a guy at three o'clock in the morning. He was going into a drugstore to get something to, to take, and the guy was drunk and he was screaming at him, and he didn't beat him up and he just walked off. This is Jean Jacques Machado, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a few months later, the guy comes in and thanks him for not beating him up. His dad died, and oh, he was wow. drunk and he wasn't having a good day. And so, you know, that's something that that I try to remember is why is this person having a bad day, or why does this person want to fight? You know, are they? You know, yeah. why is this person drunk? Or they have do they you know they have do they have mm-hmm. an addiction problem, mm-hmm. or they did you know did their girlfriend just break up with them? And if I beat this person up and slam this person's face on the ground, that I just make their day all that much worse. Mm-hmm. And right? it tells you something about yourself too. Like yeah. why did I feel the need to do? Unless it was a true self defense yeah. situation, if you feel inclined to do that, that means you need to go. And, yeah, there's and something do wrong more jujitsu or go to therapy or something. Right. And you're more likely to do that as a police officer, as a first responder, as a human yes. being, if you know you can, right? If, you, if you're trained, you have the filter of going, I know what I can do, and so I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But when people don't do that, and then they're in a conflict, then yeah, they try to do some craziness. They swing a, swing a haymaker. They grab something and hit somebody with it because they're scared for their life. And they um, end up killing someone or seriously injuring someone who's just having a bad day. Yeah. or has a mental health disorder or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And you said it, and, I, and I'll say this, and I'm not saying this proudly, but, you know, I've, I've been in lots of situations, and I've accidentally hurt people training, you know, being machismo or, mm-hmm. or you know, you go get in a fight and, and you go do an MMA fight, and you, you know, you hurt somebody. And then I look back and I go, man, you know, a guy named Chas Skelly who fought in the UFC almost knocked my left front tooth out during a Bellator fight once. I remember the punch came straight left hand, boom. And I remember thinking, he just knocked my tooth out, you know. It, and we have people in our society, and it, whatever. I mean, this is not a, this is not a political argument. This is just a societal argument. We have people talking about violence against somebody else, mm-hmm. and they're taking that lightly, because if you've never been hurt, or if you've never hurt anybody, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And if you hurt people and you're happy about doing it, yeah. you need to. Call Clint Davis counseling. <laughs> All right, they'll take care of you. No, like it's not a good thing to hurt somebody, yeah. right? In 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 self defense, and you don't feel good about it afterwards. Yeah, no, in self defense, the only thing I feel good about is that I get to go home and hug my children. Yeah. That's the only thing you should feel good about. And not to say that that you know your initial instinct isn't isn't oh well I'm glad I got out of that or I'm glad he's hurting not me. That's initial instinct. But when you have time to process it and you have time to think about it. We shouldn't want to hurt people. Yeah, I've talked to so many people. We talked about this the other day, but that that are concealed carry people, you know, gun people who are like, oh yeah, if this, you know, they see a shooting in the theater and they're like, oh, I totally would have done this, this, and this. And it's like, I'm sorry, have you been in the military? Like, have you been in a situation where you've right. been shot at? Because I guarantee you, like most of us, the first time it happens, you're gonna duck down behind something and you're gonna hope to God nobody shoots you. 
Right. Like that's your first initial instinct because you have to practice and you have to desensitize yourself to yeah. the actual situation. And it's the same thing with a fight. I mean, even if you train jujitsu, like you hope that the reason we do it and do self-defense is because you drill it and you drill it and you drill it and you drill it so that when someone grabs you, your instinct is to respond appropriately, not to flail or do something crazy or do something like, you know, do a single leg on somebody in a parking lot because they're a punk. Right. I mean, that's the other part, right? I mean, you, you have to think about, and you said this the other day, like if you single leg somebody or double leg somebody and their head hits the concrete and they die because they're talking trash to you after the bar you're not really training jujitsu. Like you're not really thinking about the whole thing. So jujitsu is a tool that can work for you if you're doing like a gun, like anything else, but any, the person who's doing it can, can make it super toxic. I just think it's harder to do that with jujitsu than uh, lots of other things. Mm -hmm. Silvio Barron said this, he's a eighth degree black belt under uh, Alvaro Pajeto, who is one of Master Elio's original black belts. Gotten to meet him several times, he's fantastic. He does a lot of self-defense and he was talking about this. He goes, you know, no one should ever be able to say anything to you to make you want to fight them. Mm. Yeah, you said this in class before, and I've used this in, yeah. in, in therapy. There's never a reason for anybody to say anything to you. Because there are only one of two things. One is they're lying to you, or two, they're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Right? Mike, you're really funny. Okay, that's a lie. And <laughs> I'm not going to go beat him up. No, that's right? true, Mike. It, at times it is. At times yeah. I have my moments. Um, but... You know, well, you're ugly. Okay, it's the truth. There's nothing I can do about that. I'm not gonna beat the guy up for making an observation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in reality, man, that ego, that ego can hurt other people too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think the more you train jujitsu, the longer you train it, the more it becomes about other people anyway. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, but that being said, like, you know, and I'm not talking about the time where, you know, you're a young lady and you're walking to your car and some guy grabs you by the hair, man, that guy may need his wrist broken. That right. guy may need mm-hmm. to have his head bounced off the ground mm-hmm. to, for you to get away. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is the, is the, is, you know, two kids arguing over something, you know, uh, the girl broke up with you, man, it's, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not worth hurting the guy. It's not his fault. Right, or you getting hurt over it, or or somebody saying something mean about you, man, you know what? People are going to do what they're going to do. That's a them problem. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah. That's a them it's like problem. Like that that bully Daniel that tried to pick on that kid Johnny and steal his girlfriend. I know. Yeah. Do y'all do y'all do y'all hold to that? The Daniel because Team Johnny for sure. All the I, you know the Cobra Kai is what we're talking about. I'm yeah. So in, in the Cobra Kai, if Hash you haven't Brown, watched it, hashtag spoilers ahead, right? <laughs> Hash Brown. Johnny yeah, said Hash Brown. Are you about to give show. some spoilers? Okay, if you haven't seen Cobra Kai, we're going to give spoilers. We're gonna give, well, not, not going to give too many, but I think that uh, Johnny is legitimately trying to be better. Johnny's kind of had a rough run of it. Mm-hmm. He's legitimately trying to be better. And Daniel is constantly, constantly having to check himself because he really wants to do something evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Daniel, Daniel, Johnny has a good side that kind of get that, that, that he kind of has to not overcome, but it's kind of always trying to emerge. Daniel's always got that evil side that's trying to emerge. Mm-hmm. No, for so, sure. I think it's a, I mean, I think it is, even though it's funny in the new show, it's, you know, hilarious. It, it is very telling about martial arts, though. I mean, it, yeah. if you really read deep down mm-hmm. into it, neither one of them are the good guy, neither one of them are the bad no. guy. Mm-hmm. You know, they both have these egos that are getting in the way of different personalities mm-hmm. and different backgrounds. And um, the, it wouldn't even be a season one or season two of Cobra Kai if they just talked for two seconds. <laughs> you know, like the whole thing would have been resolved if they'd have just right. like, hey, wait a second, I meant this. And I, but I think that goes to your point of, of the guy's quote is 
you can't allow, you can't say, oh, well, they made me do this or you made me feel this way, mm-hmm. you know, in your marriage and your friendship. Yeah. If somebody's saying something or doing something, it can certainly make you feel or you can feel however you want to, but mm-hmm. it can't make you believe that about yourself. It can't make you process those emotions mm-hmm. and it certainly can't make you act in behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're speaking to is our societal issue of um, becoming a victim and having a victim mentality and everyone owes me and because my dad did this and because my dad did that then you know now i can just sit in it and be however i want to mm-hmm. and we're trying and as a counseling profession and especially here to help people walk the line of both of those things mm-hmm. of saying no you you can't just say that's in the past and it's over you've got to process that you've got to acknowledge that you were a victim you've got to acknowledge that you were in pain and that you didn't deserve that not so that you can just acknowledge it so mm-hmm. that you can move past it and move out of the victim seat into personal responsibility and, and so that you can live in the world and that everything that comes at you isn't dangerous and everything that you're dealing with isn't attacking your internal worth and value all these external things and you know jujitsu again i think it teaches that lesson of like you can't just let the world determine how you respond But if you don't have any skill, if you've never been to therapy, you don't know how you feel, you don't understand your trauma, you don't, you've never dealt with your divorce or your baggage or your sexual abuse or whatever it is that you dealt with, then you can't, you have no weapons when someone at school bullies you or when somebody in your marriage talks back to you or when your kid's disobedient or when somebody gets sick, you just respond out of nothing because you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so beautiful about knowing jujitsu, even at a blue belt level, I feel confident enough with a stranger who doesn't know anything to handle my own. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to go in every week and you know win, but that's not even the goal. Right. Like that's the beauty of it. The goal isn't to come in and win. The goal is to come in and train and connect and enjoy and have fun and laugh and give each other grief. The and, goal is to grow. Yes. Yeah. Same thing in therapy. The goal is to grow. It's not to come in here and have an agenda and to, you know, oh fix yourself or you know, do a specific thing. It's to grow and process. And we always say, you know, it's a process, not an event. And I feel like jujitsu is very much the same. One class doesn't determine your, you know, entire jujitsu career one month. It's a process over time and, and you can do it until you're old. I mean, I think that's the other thing that I love about it. I mean, I tried to play basketball. I told you guys (laughs) the other day, my knees hurt for like eight weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, I can't play basketball anymore. That's the thing I have to hang up. And that was very sad. But I can train jujitsu every week, and you know, as long as you can t- touch your elbow to your knee, you're pretty yes. good. Everybody mm-hmm. can do jujitsu, and everybody should do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I try to get, uh, uh, try to get a lot of folks to do it, and everybody's like, oh, "I can't do it." No, you can. Everybody can do jujitsu, and and it's okay. Oh, I can't do that. You know, my neck won't let me do that. Great, let's not do that. Let's do something else. Mm-hmm. I had a, one of my instructors, a guy named Dave, great guy. Man, before he started jujitsu, he had a fused L4, L5. Right, so he can't do certain things. He's a purple belt, and we just do what we can do. Mm-hmm. Right, know? because in a, in a situation, he's going to know what to do with his body yes. and his leverage and his injuries. And I love me some Dave. He's a great guy, and he just does what he can do. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. and I think that's and I think that's the interesting thing. Like, you don't have to be six foot ten and the best basketball player in the world to to help people. You don't have to be LeBron James to be able to help people. You don't have to be. Calterra to do jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Calterra is one of the most amazing jiu-jitsu practitioners ever. You do not have to be him. And, just and to he do. was bullied a lot. That's he why I got into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And so he, he's one of the most, he's a great guy too. He's a small guy too. And he's one of the most amazing jujitsu practitioners of all time. Mm-hmm. And, but to the person who's sitting out there right now who doesn't train, who wants to train, your jujitsu is just as important as Calterra's jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your jujitsu is just as important. Right? So that's the cool thing about it. I think the white belt's jujitsu is just as important as my brown belts. Like their them learning is just as important as my brown belt learning. If uh so let's talk about somebody if they've heard this podcast and they're like, Oh my gosh, this sounds really enticing, like it sounds like something I need. What's kind of an initial class like? What what would be their first experience being like? Uh, you'll come in, you'll hear a bad joke. For lots, some, lots some, of several bad jokes. Something about being crabby. Um and Lots of movie references. Yeah, there would be movie references. If Joe you Dirt. Oh, yeah. And, if, and, and I cannot give you a, a, a blue belt if you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber or Joe Dirt. That's just, <laughs> right. just out of the question. Um, but, no, you, you know what? You'll come in. I'll introduce you. And you'll do the technique of the day. I think the best way to learn to swim is to jump in. Right? We'll do a bunch of stuff. And I always tell everybody, if you can't do it, don't do it. Don't push yourself too hard. Take it slow. You're not going to learn it. And I always make this joke, too. If you already know it, all it means is I'm unemployed. Right. Right. If you don't know it, it just means I still have a job. And so come in and and just don't have any expectations. That's probably one of the biggest things sure. Jiu-Jitsu's taught me about, about my marriage and about my kids. They are not me. Despite the fact that they have some of my genetic material, they're not me. And my wife is not me. My wife is so sweet and so beautiful and so godly. She is so much more of those things than I am. She's God's instrument to my salvation. She's also incredibly passive aggressive. And I <laughs> and I am not. I'm like, hey, let's talk about this. And she's like, okay, later. <laughs> but she's so awesome and she's not me. She right. doesn't do things like I do. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're training somebody with somebody and they do something you wouldn't do. What well, you can't start over. You just got to react to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You just got to deal with the thing that's come. They're going to do what they're going to do. You can't make anybody in jujitsu. You can't make anybody do what they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had all these expectations, and then I realized, man, I can't expect this guy to do because if I expect him to do something and he does something else, I'm totally unprepared. Yep. Right. So I'm trying to reduce my expectations on what I would do and try to work around how they handle it and mm-hmm. make it the most efficient way I can. So the same thing is true with with your first jiu-jitsu class. Don't expect to come in there and be a, and you might be one of the best in the world. You may be, you may not be. Don't have, just go in there and have fun and try to learn something. Mm-hmm. It's so awkward, like the thing about it that, that nobody really can explain to you, but it's, it's you know, jujitsu being self-defense is meaning that they, you know, that they, everybody knows defense. So when you try to start with somebody, they're in a defensive posture, but you know, no offense. So right. you're in this weird, like, you know, stage where they're like, yeah, come at me, bro. And you're like, You'll hear I, have, like no, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I remember feeling that, like, do I just jump on you? Like, and you realize how out of depth you are right. with knowing how to do anything offensively. Like if you actually were in a bad situation, but is, but, it, it, and I don't, and I can't speak for women. I know women go through their, uh, their, so women get told that all the time that you're smaller that you can't do this because you're not strong enough. And I always say, ladies, can do, ladies, y'all are better at jiu-jitsu than men are, mm-hmm. right? 
You're yeah, better. Shout out to Amber. She's killing yes, it. Yes, Amber is killing so many it. Other people. And mm-hmm. Carmen and Sherilyn. Kayleen. By the way, ladies, Kayleen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeannie, by the way, ladies, my highest ranking student is a female. She's my only black belt that I have at my school right now. I'm going to have more next year. But right now, for the last year, the highest ranking student I have is a female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, she's awesome. And she's great. And, and she'll put it on you. She will. <laughs> so. Um, so, so women are told are like, well, you're smaller, or they feel smaller. You know, uh, they and but I'm telling you, it works. And for men, you know, we're told all our life, well, you got to be able to fight naturally. You got to be able to fight, and so it's a hard to get through that ego of, mm-hmm. oh, well, I really don't know how to fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, or I have to okay. be big and strong to. Fight. I got to be big and strong to fight. Yeah. Right, I got to, I got to be able to. Be, guys, I'm public confession I've never benched over 200 pounds in my entire life <laughs> I've got the worst bench press ever right and one other thing no one has ever accused me of being on steroids right <laughs> like I'm like man I, I can't even get accused of it this is ridiculous and and so uh, and by the way when I tell you Napoleon Dynamite I'm serious yeah we're gonna see that picture yeah, we're gonna see dude pictures. it's like straight yeah. Uncle Rico hitting me in the face Ooh. with a piece of steak and that's the best scene and, and so when I tell you if I can do it if I can do it, a, a homeschool kid from Fairy, Louisiana, who moved to North Arkansas because of Y2K, who looked like Napoleon Dynamite, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Uh, I have kids who have trained with me who, when they first came in, they were like 13, 14 years old and they couldn't look you in the eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they're two and three stripe blue belts mm-hmm. and they're tough and they'll get out there and get after it. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to see them change. Um, you know, I've got, I've got young ladies who, you know, I've just looked up and I've, and I've often asked myself, are they paying attention? Are they even watching what I'm doing? And then one day I look over and a, and this 16 year old girl's got this athletic 16 year old boy and he's trying to smash her and she can't, he can't do anything with her. Mm-hmm. So I get, well, I guess you have been paying attention. Yep. Right. Well, that's good stuff. And it's awesome. Yeah, so that so they would come in, they they get a gi right off the bat. Do they come in with a gi? What, no, they just come in shorts and a t-shirt. Okay, just come in shorts. And if we're doing something with the gi that night, we have loaner gis for you. Uh, gi is a uniform for those of y'all who don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's the a pajamas. It's pajamas. Yeah, they're choking jammies. Um, but if we don't need a uniform that night, you know, whatever technique we're doing, we run on a curriculum uh, every week, so all the instructors are all on the same page. We have this cool thing. It's an app. So, like, one of the biggest questions is, you get your uniform, how do I tie my belt? Mm-hmm. Right? So, the first thing we do is, uh, on the first video on the app, is we're going to teach you how to tie your belt. Because uh, it's on the curriculum, right? Because it's on the curriculum, yeah. And so, we, we have 190-something videos from white belt all the way to purple belt. And, and so if you want your jiu-jitsu journey to start off and you don't know how to do something, all mm-hmm. the drills are on there. Mm-hmm. All of these different things are on there, so it'll help you in your journey. We're going to actually film some more videos in the next few weeks um, to help even more. We have a private Facebook group uh, that everybody has access to, everybody, including the instructors. And, um, you know, you can you, if you have a question or anything like that, a lot of times it's just memes and make people making fun of me, which is fine because that's what I'm there <laughs> for. And um, I will say this about that, like, you know, there's no bullying or harassment no. or anything. Uh, like, there's so much bad stuff on social media that's toxic. But you know, our group is very much not like that, and there's none of that. And wouldn't you know? I've seen you know already. You tolerate, you not tolerate any kind of thing like that. Yeah, so no, we don't. Awesome. We don't put up with anything like that. And then, and then, you know, another thing that I try to tell everybody, if 
you have something that's that's bothering you um, or whatever, and you need to talk to me. I've never turned anybody down talking to them for sure. So, and we got a bunch. Of, we got a bunch of great instructors. I mean, I, I just. And I've often said this, you can take somebody to, you can take us to a competition and we can lose every single match. I'll still take my people because I love my people. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's about. Okay. And uh, what's the website or the Facebook page? So bozierjujitsu.com or uh, the Facebook page is Louisiana Black Belt Academy. So I know they're, they're the same thing. Louisiana Black Belt Academy, Shreveport Bozier. Um, so my best friend is Steve Miller. Uh, he is a very significant influence in my martial art career. And he runs Louisiana Black Belt Academy, and so recently I had a name change. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm going to steal your name. Just want to let you know." Nice. <laughs> I didn't ask. I'm like, "I'm just going to steal it." He's like, "Okay." And uh, yep. Shout out to Steve Miller. Yeah, Steve Miller's an amazing, amazing martial artist. So, um, but BozierJujitsu.com. Okay. You can email us, uh, or you can uh, you can find our phone number on our you know on our uh, on our website. You can also find it on our Facebook page. If you call and a young lady answers, that's Sherilyn. She's amazing. Her and her husband Matt shot all of our videos for our app, and they're great people. Yeah, they do an amazing job. So we have a we have classes seven days a week, uh, from six a.m. in the morning till seven forty-five at night, and literally everything in between. Mm -hmm. And uh, ladies, if you if you want to get in shape and you don't want to do jujitsu, we have fitness kickboxing. Um, we have a great kids program, and we even mm -hmm. have a wrestling class and a kid. And we actually have. Uh, uh, like actual stand-up. We have real kickboxing and Muay Thai classes, mm -hmm. and we have kids kickboxing and a little bit of everything. Is Jeannie still doing the women's self-defense? So the way we do that is about every about every 10 weeks, we'll do another three or four weeks. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I like to think of the women's self-defense class as this, as an introduction to jiu-jitsu. Sure. I know you'd like them to, you know, be doing jiu-jitsu yeah. all the time. If you want to get real self-defense, and I, and I ask people this, like, would you trust your life to a doctor who doctored, is that a thing? Sure, let's practiced, go, we'll go with that. Practice, who doctored, um, you know, once every six months. Yeah. No, you want the guy who's up to date, in the know, and, you know, the same thing is true with exercise. Like, if you work out once a month, you're not going to get results. Mm -hmm. You've got to be consistent. If you eat good, man, I ate good today. Well, what would you eat the last three days? Well, you know, terribly. You have to be consistent in all behaviors. And so if you want to have a solid foundation of self-defense and you want to have a, a you know i always suggest doing jujitsu on a routine basis mm -hmm. do it on a routine basis you don't want a counselor that only sees you know people once every eight months <laughs> no, definitely not you want somebody who's who's in the groove who who is up to date who's got experience and um you know i think that's that's an important thing but we will probably do one towards the first part of the year for the women's self-defense. Okay, awesome. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. Is there, uh, Uriah, anything you want to close with or anything you want people to know about jiu-jitsu or anything before we wrap up? No, I think we did good today. Yeah. We think we said way more than we expected to say about jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Mike, you got anything you Thank want? Thank y'all for having me. Yeah. Are, by the way, so they've said it several times that they're terrible. No, they're not. I'm going to brag on them. These guys are amazing. The podcast is awesome. They're great counselors. And uh, they're also really good at jujitsu. Thanks, man. I got one more thing for you. So hold on, let me get this. Okay. So we got your, <laughs> we're gonna officially promote you uh, oh. to a white belt in podcasting. Oh, nice. So we got your episode nine uh, nice. podcast. Can you hold man, it up? Man, that's awesome. So I hold it up this way for our Facebook page. Do y'all have a? Do y'all have a? 
So for those of you who aren't on the uh, on on watching it on YouTube, got it. <laughs> we got Mike uh, white belt in jujitsu, and it awesome. says asking why with Clint Davis episode nine. Will you uh, Chip? Will you take a picture of all three of us real quick. Yes. Sir. Will you hold that up so that, that oh. they can see what it says. There we go. You're gonna laugh. I'm gonna show up and wear this in class. Got it. I'm gonna awesome. teach class with it. Nice man. <laughs> no, this is awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, you know. Uh, I've been telling people that the the guests you have on are are all like you know the the accolades and the, the things they have and I'm like man it's it's pretty awesome to be on the on the podcast with all the accolades and every all the experiences they have and yeah man well that's the point man is to show you know the world that you know we're all in this together no matter what your thing of life is whether it's psychology or being a cop or being a first responder or being African American or being whatever it is that's going on in your life jujitsu you know we're gonna have a lot more of this. And really getting down to what are the roots of why we do what we do as human beings and, and what are the benefits and, mm-hmm. you know, get past all the content and nonsense that the world focuses on. And, and ultimately, as Christians, I mean, to show people that, you know, there's a tie into Christian living no matter what you're doing. And if it's really a dumpster fire, it's probably because it's not tying very well into good mental health or good Christianity. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I appreciate you coming on. And I, again, I value everybody just as much as anybody else because we're all experts in our fields and, um, and not everybody's going to like jujitsu and not everybody's going to get anything out of this podcast, but I hope that the jujitsu community that's listening, you know, that they get something more out of their jujitsu for listening, that, mm-hmm. that this conversation that we're having, they go, Oh man, yeah, I never picked up on this. I should look at this. I should think about this differently, mm-hmm. especially new white belts coming in who can, who can listen to this and go, Oh man, I didn't really ever realize that that was a thing or that's what I was shooting for. And this is why I'm stuck. And this is why this mentality is not good. And, and maybe this is bringing up trauma or maybe I'm avoiding this because of my health. Like get help, get, go talk to somebody, like talk to your instructor, talk to your people, go talk to a therapist, you know, realize that it's integrating all the things in your life that are so important. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's my goal, man. So I really value your time. I appreciate what you do for us. You know, I, I thank all the other people who we've been in jujitsu with the mm-hmm. last Absolutely. two or three years who have trained with us and rolled with us and taught us things. And Brian Andrews, especially over at Gator Pit for, mm-hmm. you know, teaching us what he taught us and getting, you know, cutting our teeth in the beginning, Blunchy, you know, Crone, all, all the people we've been under and trained with. And so I appreciate you, Mike. Oh, thank you guys. I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, man. All right. We're out. Uh, check in on the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube, you know, check it out on iTunes and all the other things that are listed. Uh, We love you guys and have a good day.